Hey, everybody. Welcome to Otherworld London. This is episode 33, and I've got some players who were gracious enough to show up very early this morning for a recording session, (laughs) and I thank them very much. Let's start with Terry. That was hateful, Wes. Um, Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) People don't need to know what time of day we record. You can probably tell by the tenor of my voice that it's morning. (laughs) Um, hello, because I sound like this in the morning. I'm Terry Gamble. Um, I play Alizé Carew. I'm a shopkeeper. Well, not so much anymore. It's now an evil church, so not sure what I'm going to keep anymore, but I'm marrying a duke, well, into a duchy anyway, so it should be fine. Uh, we'll see. Okay, great. Hey guys, I'm pretty sure I'm Mac Beauvais. Uh, I am very sure I'm playing Ethel Prendergast, and I'm not very sure of what the hell is even happening anymore? The things are crazy. So let's hopefully unravel some mysteries. I'm Michelle Otis, and I'm playing Eugenia Penbottom of the Lancashire Penbottoms. And uh, yeah, crazy just about sums it up. Hello, I'm Maria Iyengar playing Dr. Lisette Powell, currently in possession of a, a formerly manic poet. Yes, and that's a good place to pick up the recap. Last time that we got together, there was basically Ethel is being hunted by Scotland Yard at this point, specifically Detective Wilcox, and they went out to buy a nice couple of frocks for Ethel to wear to avoid being seen because she tends to wear all black. She's been in mourning for a very long time. Her and Queen Victoria have a lot in common with that. And so they've dressed her up in a blonde wig and a goldenrod dress. And they also got a lilac dress, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they also got some very, this is important to me because I actually think it's fun and I like it, but the hats with the birds, those things are cool. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it. So (laughs) don't be sorry. They're very Portlandia and we're here for it. We put a bird on it. So they went on a shopping trip. Meanwhile, there was a cursed typewriter that Dr. Powell took with her from her home to keep her partner, Martin, from using it. And she tied him to the bed and sedated him, tied him to the bed. And the ropes were there for medical reasons. Then Dr. Powell went to Eugenia's where all four of them were together. And Wilcox showed up. Luckily, Ethel was in a full uh, outfit with her wig on. And I'm forgetting the name again because I'm terrible. What was the name that you gave her, Eugenia? Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn. 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 And Detective Wilcox was quite smitten with Evelyn. Did not recognize her as Ethel at all and uh, had face blindness. My only love sprung from my only hate. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, though, after he left, Martin showed up pretty much naked, slamming his body against the front door, trying to get to said typewriter. And you guys had to subdue him. You then reached out to Dr. Vogue, who stopped time once again and released Martin from his mania of writing. You still have the typewriter. The reason that he got the typewriter was Vogue was helping you in his own way with instructions on how to get rid of Sir Nunos, which you guys were able to get a dagger and all the herbs together and two goats. One goat is a friend, one goat is not. Dr. Powell is going to keep a goat. I'm sure her landlady will be very happy. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's where we're at. We're going to pick up with uh, 
Martin was let go of his mania, as I said, and he started sobbing and just kind of broke down. And Dr. Powell spent the entire night holding him. They fell fell asleep together in the cage room at Eugenia's. There's a sentence at the cage room (laughs) of Eugenia's. Dr. Powell, you wake up to the feeling of someone just gently tapping you on the shoulder and you wake up to find Mrs. Fitch and the general standing over you. You fell asleep kind of in a weird upright position holding on to Martin. And so Mm -hmm. your, your body feels like it's been on a rack or something like you're just all kind of muscle sore and whatever. And the general comes forward with a cup and hands it to you. And Mrs. Fitch goes, uh, darling, uh, we'll take care of him and get him cleaned up if, if you will uh, come down and uh, you should get yourself cleaned up as well. It's, I know it's difficult, but uh, we'll, we'll help him out now. Oh, thank you so much. What, what time is it? Am I late? What, where am I? And she crawls up and scrambles away towards the clock. It's about 10.30 in the morning. It's relatively late for you, but you took so many mental strains that you once again slept in. But the general is looking after Martin with Mrs. Fitch. And when you take a drink of the cup that she gives, it's tea, but it has some kind of liquor in it. Not much, but just a a little. Nice. Just to take the edge off kind of thing. She walks away grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So when you get cleaned up and you walk downstairs, you guys are in the drawing room. You have all the items that you need to perform this ritual. The typewriter is no longer calling to Martin. You have the glasses. Ethel, now there were like... 150 pages in this manuscript. Only the first 25 to 50 pages were the ritual. And then the rest is just extra information that was just kind of spit out. Mm -hmm. Are you going to start looking at all that with the glasses or are you worried about what the glasses are doing to your mind because you keep getting these headaches when you use them? At this point, I think Ethel's quest to take down Sir Nunos and put things right is paramount. So I think she probably was up late studying the pages with the glasses on. Right. And has gotten right back to it in the morning. Like she's sipping a cup of tea and rifling through pages. Cool. So do me a favor because you've been up for a couple of hours more than because you rarely sleep. Or at least that's what I've gotten from your role playing. (laughs) And in Uh, real life. Yeah, you're, you're, you also have a mania. She is a vampire. She is a vampire. So uh, <laughs> just roll a library use for me. Okay. Sorry, you're a werewolf. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm werewolf. <laughs> um, wolves sleep. Everyone knows that. They get in the little cuddle puddles and it's a door. Cuddle puddle. Oh, all zeros is good, right? Huh? I said all zeros is good, right? Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, shit. Oops. That's 100% wrong. All yep. right. I, so, it depends on how you look at yeah. it. It could be 0%. So here's the deal. Here's here's your options in this what I call a you know, not good situation. I uh, that's a critical failure. Yikes. Yeah, it's Is there anything that I can do to help? 
Well, it's not. You could push it and okay. take the chance. And if you if you push it, yeah. Sorry, I had to. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, if, Real good. Yeah. Real good. I all. I also was. Yes. <laughs> you can't push the roll, but if you fail that roll, I'm going to hit you hard with it because you had a crit fail and a push fail. So it's up to you. You can either do with the crit fail, or you can try and get out of all of it. I'm going to try for no whammies because I'm not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Fortune favors the bold. Nope. So I'm going to get hit hard with... Uh, <laughs> I rolled an 86. Oh, okay. No, I told you I rolled all the good no. rolls out of the dice, but whatever. I'm sure this will be fine, guys. I'm sure everything's going to be great, and it's just going to be good storytelling fodder. Mac, I want you to think <laughs> of it this way. Classic Coke is better than new Coke, and classic Mac rolling is better than new Mac rolling. So, oh, Really? Know. But yeah. which one's better for the story? <laughs> I think classic <laughs> Mac. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up being the one with all the bad roles in the first couple of seasons. I and don't know either. I was doing so good in the season, <laughs> but not this morning. So what is your library use, by the way? 50. Okay. You haven't been able to up that one, have you? No, I keep rolling for it. You like I'll rolling. use it and it just, yeah. um, I haven't been able to, to up it. Like, all my other skills have gone up except for that stupid one. <laughs> ouch. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's major ouch, but also Ethel's kind of obsessed at this point because, I mean, what other options does she have? She's wanted by Scotland Yard. She's got some dude that's using her and her friends for an experiment. There's a druidic god trying to take over London. This is her mission right now. Well, when you, when you say it like that... <laughs> When you put it like that, it sounds really bad. Yeah. Oh, and also the person that she killed came back from the dead. I love that he feigns ignorance. Like, like really? Are things bad for you, lady? Yeah, I, I don't. It's bad yeah. out there? And, like, I totally murdered a person who's back now and doesn't remember, and I hate her. <laughs> yeah, she has no clue. It's worse because she's nice now. Like, if she was still mean, it would be like, oh, but she's, like, this weird nice person, and it's awful. Right. <laughs> so true. It's almost like Wes engineered it that way. No, me? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so, eight points. Lying. You take eight points Ooh. of sand. Ouch. Yeah. I think that's the most you've ever taken. Yep. So what I need you to do is roll a d10. Hold on a second. I'm marking off my sanity. It's eight points. It's going to take a while. Yeah, my sanity has gotten lower in the past, but not by much. Right. All right, roll the d10 for yeah. what mania, how I react here. Yeah, for how you react. A chew. Okay, I know what's going to happen. Roll d10 again for me. One. Okay, so as you guys are all sitting there sipping tea, Dr. Powell comes in, and Ethel is looking through these pages and reading stuff, trying to figure out more, because you guys know that when she starts researching she really gets into it and suddenly you notice this weird bright orange stuff start flowing from her eyes a little bit oh god she looks up and her eyes have turned solid white with this orange stuff coming out of the bottom and she's completely blind oops (laughs) is that 
Am I am I cognizant of? Yeah, yeah. No, suddenly you're blind. Yeah, you you think it's tears coming down your face. I start just kind of rubbing furiously at my face, trying to clear whatever is in my eyes. Um, okay. And it feels like tears that I'm. Yeah, and then you start feeling this weird itch on your lower back, like towards the center. Hmm. I kind of shimmy in place a little bit because I'm trying not to like reach back and like furiously scratch at my back. Okay, cool. How are you dressed, by the way? Because you have your, are you dressed to hide yourself or are you dressed as Ethel? I think I would probably stay in Evelyn mode, especially because, you know, we don't know if Wilcox is going to show back up or not. Okay. So I think she's just like kind of perpetually decided to go into Evelyn mode. I need sand checks from all of you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. call. <laughs> um, you already did your Ethel, so you're fine. She's not fine. <laughs> 48. No, she's not fine. Nope, I did not make okay. mine. Eugenia is not having this. I made it. 48. I've seen a lot. I got an 11. Oh, nice. Oh, you're nice. super fine. You're like, I'm okay with all this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I was a werewolf, so I've seen some things. I woo. Eugenia, you take two points. You were lucky. The other two are, like you said, you got a doctor and a werewolf, so you're good. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Doctor and werewolf, friends forever. Doing stuff and petting dogs. What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Michelle's losing it. Okay. So you're kind of stunned. You're not really responding, Eugenia. What is Alizé and Dr. Powell doing? Lisette looks over at Alizé and with like a, this is not normal. (laughs) Like, look. Yeah. She doesn't want to ask it anymore. Knowingly, I'm like, I'm just going to shake my head. No, like, no, this isn't good. Then I'm going to go over to my dear friend and take her hands and just say, Oh, oh, my dear. Sorry. Uh, you startled me. I seem to have something in my eye. Don't touch your eye, sweetheart. Um, it looks like you've gone blind and you have orange ooze coming from your eyes. I, um... So why don't you? I'm just gonna walk you over here to the couch. You're going to take a seat. Uh, I'm going to call. Uh, but I'm going to get some blind. rag. Yes, please. Just take a moment. Uh, but uh, how? Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it might be related to the glasses you've been using, along with the pages you're reading. But I, yes, the information and it's yes. Uh, I I understand it's important, and I understand. It your need to end all of this, but I think it's gone too far. If this is another test from him, I, I will end him. Please sit. While the conversation's happening, uh, Dr. Powell is going to go run out of the room to go find her medical bag. Okay, yeah, no problem. You grab it and come back in. And while this is happening, I ring the bell for Mrs. Fitch so that she can bring a basin and a pitcher. Okay, Mrs. Fitch is all right when she sees this. <laughs> Had to roll for her to see if she was going to be okay. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, she comes in, gets a basin. You guys start washing her face off. We're going to try to clean her up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take samples of the orange ooze. 
Okay, cool. And then start, like, add salt to the water and try to, like, rinse her eyes out properly. You can do this pretty easily. And after about five minutes, Ethel, you start seeing forms again. And after another five minutes, things are fuzzy, but you can kind of see. So as you're waiting over the next 10 to 15 minutes, your eyesight finally comes back. The whiteness disappears. But your back is still itching pretty bad. Huh. How are you feeling? Uh, well, I can see again, which is wonderful, but I appear to have some kind of itch and it's on my back and I don't want to be indelicate, but I'm wondering if somebody could perhaps take a look because now it's got me a bit worried. Uh, Eugenia goes and closes the parlor doors so that, you know, okay. modesty, some discretion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if if you wouldn't mind, I'd be happy to give it a look. Yes, and uh, perhaps it's your body reacting violently to wearing colors. <laughs> At this point, I'm willing to think anything is possible. But just don't tell me I've got an eyeball or something growing out of my back, please. I don't think I can take any more of that this morning. It wasn't even a thing I was concerned about until you said it. Oh, Lord. All right, for fun. Matt, can you take out your headphones for a minute? Thanks. I'm freaking out right now. This is amazing. Okay. (laughs) So, you guys, she turns around and you lift up however you get through 35 pounds of clothes to see her back. Joyfully. And and she has a gray patch about the size of a silver dollar on her back with one small red vein poking up through it. What? (laughs) So that's, uh, you can put back on your headphones now. Okay. Yeah. I was waiting for some kind of signal. Signal, It's just like, and yours kind of look like put a hat on. Well, (laughs) no, go put a hat on. Why are your headphones? Go, go, go. Good. Get a hat with a bird. With a bird. bird. There better be a dead bird on it. <laughs> the burby. Oh my god, I'll get out. I, I do have a taxidermy bird. It would just be like balanced on the top of my head though. <laughs> so uh Yeah, of course you do. You guys Yeah, I have a pheasant. No. That's that's pleasant. Ah, boo. Uh, boo. Where's your boo sign? <laughs> Terry just gave me a look. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, so you guys take a look at what's going on on her back. Go ahead. Uh I mean, does this, like, so the vessel we see, Mm -hmm. is it just along the surface or literally, like, protruding out from? It's along the surface. Like, if you, you know, bodybuilders with, like, bulging muscles. Oh, vascularity. Got it. Vascularity. Vascularity. There we go. Okay. Oh. Oh. Um, That does not sound encouraging. No, but it's not an eye, so I think we're okay. (laughs) Uh... Well, you have an inch and a half diameter gray patch with a bit of vascularity from it. And she's going to start pulling out some, like, tools, like, like little tweezer little metal tools. So, like, uh, less tweezer, more of, like, the back end of a scalpel and is just, like, pressing it. Like, does that hurt? I'm not feeling any pressure, just that whatever you're using is a bit cool to the touch. Interesting. Okay. And I'm going to, like turn it around to the scalpel side and scrape it a little bit just to see if it's like the same 
type of tissue as like the skin around it? It seems to flake like normal skin. You'd have to get it under a microscope to take a, a close look, obviously. But yeah, it seems to be like her normal skin. Okay. Hmm. Well, can't make heads or tails of that. And she's just going to like gauze it. Okay. Well, that's not encouraging, particularly as I noted. But if it's not fatal, I suppose I got off lightly. Well, I wouldn't say whether it's fatal or not, but it could just be the root of something as things tend to root themselves here and then grow. So I would just keep an eye on if the itching uh, gets further into your body. Uh, you feel any additional strangeness? Am I to take it that this seems like a growth of some sort? It might be a seed. Oh. Uh. I do not want to be a church. Mac, can you give me an idea roll? He has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. What is the idea role? It's just against your intelligence. Oh, it's the intelligence. Yeah. Oh, I see it. I got a 41 under my 60. Nice. Okay, cool. Who else do you know that has gray skin and, and red veins poking out of them? That hot guy you were talking about that I was into. I can't remember his name. Dr. Vogue. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh. Ethel kind of grumbles and, um, do you describe the patch one more time for me, if you would kindly? Gray skin, uh, the tissue seems like normal healthy skin, but it is notably gray, about the size of a silver dollar diameter with red vascularity. That can't be good. Okay, do you both know something? Dear, dear acquaintance, Dr. Varg does have sort of that appearance all over himself. Oh. Oh. Ethel, can I get a sand check for you? Oh, no. Is it against it's current sand? Yes. It's always against oh, current sand. Oh, shit. <laughs> I got a 10. Nice. Yay. Okay, so Ooh. you're still going to take a point because it's on your body and it's freaking you out, but it's just a point as opposed to a lot of points. Cool. Cool. I'm going to be the first one to go insane in this game. Yeah, I always knew that was going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> How many points do you have left? Like 40 or something? No, not that bad. Oh, okay. I've got 49. Oh, not that bad. I have <laughs> nine more points than that. <laughs> Excellent. I'll take what I can get. We always knew Ethel would go insane before she got killed in this game. Oh, yeah. The morning's young. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Terry. Terry's responses are always the best with the faces. They're so good. Before all of this nightmare started for you, Ethel, we were talking about what to do. Now you have this new issue with the skin. How do you guys want to proceed? Did I get anything from the additional pages that I was reading? No. God damn it. You rolled a hundred and you pushed it and failed, so... <laughs> Yeah. I know. I'm just curious if there was even the smallest bit of anything. No, you'll have to try again, which obviously has consequences if you if you make a mistake. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, ladies. I'm still a bit uh, discombobulated. Uh, you'll find. Take a moment to breathe and recollect yourself. Uh, I will ask, though, if you would like me to remove the patch. That is something I am 
more than qualified for. It's literally the thing I do. <laughs> it may come to that, believe me. If in the meantime you wouldn't mind uh, assisting me with getting myself back in order, and Eugenia, if you wouldn't mind terribly if there's something stronger than tea that I can have a bit of. Oh, of course. Mrs. Fitch is still there. Okay. And I just give her a look and, right. yeah. You hear a knock at the door and Godfrey goes and gets it and uh, he brings in this large bouquet of flowers and it's addressed to Evelyn. <laughs> oh, Lord. And the card just says, I hope that the day is finding you well, Detective Wilcox. Ethel throws up in her mouth a little bit. <laughs> oh, you have an admirer. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh my, my admirer also would like to see me behind bars, even though he does not know it. <laughs> oh my, this is a bit of a of a conundrum, isn't it? <laughs> it's brilliant. Well, unfortunately, it does seem that Evelyn will have to stick around a bit longer to keep myself out of the arms of the law. Oh. Or get driven into the arms of the law. <laughs> Perhaps I stated that poorly. Yes. <laughs> no, dear, I think you stated it just right. <laughs> I could not agree more. Ethel does something that you guys have never seen before. She actually blushes. <laughs> like she actually gets colored in her yeah. face. And she's like oh. embarrassingly like cherry-cheeked. Ethel has had a very big morning. What is the decision on what you guys would like to do next? Now, you know that you have to go. I know that Alizé had mentioned that she had a place in mind for where to do this ritual. The ritual, of course, has to be done at night because all evil rituals have to be done at night. Um, of course they actually, do. Actually, you know. That goes without saying. I, I, I think that it would be even more evil to do a ritual dawn because no one wants to be up at dawn so Fact. yeah i think it's way easier to be up at midnight than it is at dawn just my opinion let evil rain if i have to be up before 10 <laughs> alizé where were you thinking so yes i was staying out near benny's family's place because i know that i've met sinunu south there not too far there's there's a like clearing where he likes to be it's got some rock formation there that i think it's quite ancient that draws him to it. It's not in the city proper, so at least we're away from people. If you know, I mean, granted, we wouldn't. We we need to let somebody know. Maybe I let Benny know, but we need to find a place that's he knows where it is, and it's some sort of safe. Right. Good idea. Do you guys want to go tonight, or like, is that the plan? Like, do it as soon as possible. Um, unless there was something in the ritual that stated that it had to be like specific timing yeah not really no then i don't think we would want to delay but right i don't know what yeah. do you guys think agreed no agreed yeah let would want this to happen as fast as possible okay much sooner than later then the one thing that we had that's daytime mystery is probably mabel okay so you guys want to handle that while you're waiting for the night yeah okay Ugh. Just the thought of the grabbing the hand and it just being like a water balloon, like bleh. yeah, yeah, gross. 
Uh, can I say something really fiddly but specific? Sure. So instead of lacing Evelyn's dress back down the normal way, she's laced it so like she actually has the quickest access to the small of her back, just because she's nervous and will probably want to check on that a couple times. So like the bow, instead of being at like the top of the neck, is down at the bottom. Okay. Like towards where the bustle is, just in case she wants to do a peeky peek. Yeah. You basically create an escape hatch for so that if she needs to escape out of the clothing quickly for some reason. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm just being a Berea putting a corset on the wrong way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> so you're going to head over to Mabel's. I mean, that's a that's a thought. Okay. I'm trying to think of anything else besides... You can do the Mabel thing now, or we could jump forward in time and just say, you guys spend the day getting ready for the night. You don't have to do Mabel right now. It's, it's up to you. Well... Yeah, before we go to Mabel's, I'd like to, because we still have like all those books about occult and folklore and whatnot, I want to look up something about like beings that, like flesh beings or flesh wards or something like that. Flesh beings? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Beings, not beans. Flesh beings. Let me some flesh beans. Some nice cursed chili. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yeah, give me a library use if that's what you want to do. Don't roll a hundred. Yeah. Okay. I rolled a 71 under my 78. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Okay. Eugenia's a reader. <laughs> what exactly are you looking for? Like, what are, What would you like to come of that role? Something like what okay, What Mabel is now. Like, what kind of creature is this? Oof. Um, like, I'm sure I would have heard stuff in fairy folklore or, you know, about objects being given human characteristics or you know whatever well you know that it's not a ghost because you can she's corporeal you think that you know mabel was a very angry person living so it might be a revenant or something like that like an angry spirit but then the question is is this an act to get you guys to go to the house and deal with it or is she something else that is not in folklore books and also she had no spirit yeah she had no spirit remember that she wasn't dealing with druidic or celtic things she was opening a portal that you guys have not really figured out what she was calling into being and so that stuff's not going to be in the folklore stuff but those are your best guests right now. Okay, so I relay that information to the group so we can make some sort of decision. Right, because you don't have to, if you want to just ghost her in a way, uh, (laughs) you can. I mean, we can just advance the time period to tonight and deal with the ritual. Or if you want to go over and see what she's doing, you can. Those are the the two options because Martin's pretty much going to be out of commission as he's recovering from his hit. And you guys are going to be going out to where Benny might be, but Benny's family's in London right now. So they actually won't be out at the estate because they're getting ready for the wedding. Ethel has ghosts. So they, they, they're like cats. They can 
be on their own. Well, I think we should tell Benny we're going to be using his estate. I would like to check on this Mabel thing, even though I think it's a trap. And then we can head out to the estate. And I tell uh, the general, you know, all of our plans and everything, because I, I think I would like him out there with us when we do this ritual, uh, possibly with some uh, sort of silver bullets or something. I'm going to ask Benny to do the same. Yeah. Okay, cool. You send a messenger out to Benny, and he shows up not long after. It's getting close to lunch, so maybe you guys have lunch together before you head out. And Benny comes in. It's so it's it's only been a a, a day or so since I've seen you, but it, it feels like forever. I can't wait until we are able to get 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 married. It's it's uh, things are moving very fast. They are, and we're closer to having an unobstructed event. Uh, I'm really grateful for your help. And you tell him the plan and everything like that? Yep. Okay. He goes, um, of course I'll, I'll go with you, and of course you can can use the, the house. That's that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm glad my my mother is, is in town. Um, uh, so my uh, my father had been headed back uh, this morning uh, to deal with some I think he really wanted to get get away from mom for a little bit but he headed out to the estate to do some business this morning so Are your father's um, where he's heading out to the estate this morning oh is that a problem no it's I am a little concerned why I've been having quite vivid dreams of some sort of attack happening to your father by werewolves should we should we um, send a send a person after him? He may want to stay in town in London proper. All right. Well, I will. I'll ride out to get his carriage. He doesn't like going fast at his old age. Has the carriage go slow? Something about too bumpy. Anyway, I'll uh, uh, ride out to get him, darling, and and then I'll meet you out at the house. Uh, later this evening. All right, sounds sounds good. I'll see you soon. Love you, dear. I adore you. He heads out. All right, you guys let the general know, and the general gets his stuff together as well, and he'll probably head out with Benny because they know numbers work better. The general gets his kick-ass kit together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a stuff together. So you guys get everything set into place, and you head over to Mabel's. And when you get there, all the windows are open and the front door is open. And there's a distinctive stench Ooh. of decay. Oh. Ethel takes out her handkerchief and, like, covers her nose. <laughs> yeah. Eugenia does the same thing. Okay. She probably has a perfumed hanky. Ethel, Ethel does Ethel it. And I said, Eugenia or... probably does the same thing. No, no, I'm confused because oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought Ethel was. Even yes, Evelyn. well, she's still, she's still actually Ethel. Ethel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. So you guys cover your face. And yeah, it's pretty strong from the house. How do you want to proceed? There's like, luckily there's sunlight streaming through the open windows but you don't see any movement at all we should find the body yeah i don't know if we want to find these bodies uh i think the other ones were actually buried but there must be more that they're collecting somehow since it does smell of decay and i'm guessing dead things yeah do i get the sense there are any spirits around here 
Like if I went to the like threshold of the house kind of thing and just sort of like peeked in. So you go up to the front door, which are these huge wood doors that are completely open, dual doors or double doors. And the inside of the house, the, there's this huge room with these big spiral staircases kind of going up on both sides. It's very gone with the wind, but even more classy. Uh, <laughs> And you see a footman lying face down in a large puddle of blood. It looks like he's got sections of his back missing, like he's been gnawed on. Ooh. Mm, that's exciting. Does it seem like his spirit's hanging around somewhere, maybe? You get the sense that his spirit is hanging around, but that it's hiding from you. I would implore you to come out and speak with me. After a moment, this footman, who is probably like Tommy's age, probably in his like early 20s, comes out and, sorry, ma'am, uh, I, I, don't, I don't seem to have the capability of doing my tasks anymore. Everything I touch is, seems, my hands seem to go through. I have unfortunate news for you. I was afraid that you might. Uh, you are no longer corporeal in nature. What does corporeal mean? You are not among the living. Are you... Are you death? <laughs> According to some people, but no, I am not. Um, okay. Okay. But I am able to speak with you. And I imagine this whole conversation is happening and, like, nobody can see who Ethel's talking to. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they just hear you talking. Can you, my dear boy, tell me what happened here? The lord and lady of the house came back, and they were fine at first. And then every once in a while, they'd get hungry and strike one of us down. We didn't know what was going on because they were hiding it. And then by the time it became apparent something was wrong, they had already gotten rid of a good portion of us. It's a very big house. It's easy to hide. There's lots of bodies here. Well, I'm very sorry for what has occurred to you, but uh, do you happen to know where the lady and the gentleman of the house are? They stay in the dining room. They've been there for the last few hours. And what are they doing in the dining room? Eating. I thank you for this information. How do I leave here? This can't be heaven. And I wasn't so bad. I went, I went to Church of England service every week. It, I'm sure I'm, I, there's got to be something beyond this. Uh, I will not lie, and I will not pretend that I know where we might go ultimately, but I do know spirits hang around for often quite a long time, so I, I wish I had better advice for you. Thank you for your honesty. I will have to think on it. Uh, I don't think I have a choice in the matter. And then he goes away. And I'll turn back to the ladies. Well, I imagine if we go in, we're going to have a fair sight to see. Uh, apparently, Mabel and Lord Tillis are feasting on the house workers. So maybe not acting outwardly evil towards us, but 
obviously a bit of a problem. Would I have read about this behavior? Would this go under the revenants or whatever that I read about? Hungry dead is definitely something in folklore. Things undead trying to get life force back into them. Vampires do it with blood. And so, yes, this tracks for someone trying to be human again, in a way. From my readings, I believe Mabel and Lord Tillis are what you would call undead. What? Uh, They are trying to eat the living in order to gain life force. Okay. Okay. Do we have a plan of uh, subduing them? I'm wondering, since I touched Mabel in quote-unquote's hand, she felt very much like something that could be (laughs) hot with a needle. Her skin was very... (laughs) <laughs> so, shall we say it felt like um, like a bladder filled with water like it could easily be set free it might be worth using maybe one of a pin one of our pin hats try to pop her I'm guessing that her Lord Tillis is very much of the same makeup it might be just easy to pop them not sure but it's worth a try. So this is actually, before you guys go in, this is actually a good place to stop. So, because, <laughs> you is know, it? I, I, is like it? The, I like the cliffhangers. <laughs> this is a good place for us to wrap this particular episode up. Thank you guys so much. As usual, I have a great time playing uh, these games with you. Let's find out what everybody is doing. We will start with the wonderful Terry. Uh, I'm hanging off a cliff. Um, <laughs> so hi, uh, Terry Campbell hanging off this cliff. Um, you are probably hanging with me too. I hope, um, you can find me in between time and the meantime, um, on Mondays at horror movie survival guide, new episodes come out every week, unless you're a Patreon backer and you get them a little earlier than everyone else. Um, uh, you can also find me on Tuesdays at saving throw show playing pirates of salt Bay with the lovely Abria as my DM. Bra! Yeah, Uh, we get wild. Um, Wednesdays, who knows? It depends on the day. Uh, Who knows what else happens the rest of the week? I don't know. Um, But you can find me on Twitter and um, Facebook and Instagram at the Terry Gamble or terrygamble.com to find out more information. Hey guys, I have been and will continue to be Mac Beauvais. You can find me online as at strange like that on the Twitter, the Instagrams, the Facebooks. I've been posting a lot of art and doing a lot of tarot readings. So hit me up about both of those if you've an interest. And you can also find me every Monday over at Happy Jack's RPG, where I am alternately playing things from the flood campaign and a great American witch campaign, which is a brand new system from Christopher Gray. So check it out. The great American witch sounds really interesting. It sounds so cool. Hey, I'm Abria Iyengar. You can catch me on social media at Quiddy, Q-U-I-D-D-I-E. And I stream all over the place. Uh, on Mondays, I'm normally over at Hyper RPG on Kulak 1991. We're currently on an episode hiatus, but uh, keep an eye out on the hashtag because we release new content uh, that keeps the, sc- the story moving forward and helps build out the world while we're waiting out 
the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, like Terry said, on Tuesdays, you can catch me running Pirates of Salt Bay, which is a D&D 5th edition actual play, over on Saving Throw Show at 8 p.m. PST. And on Wednesdays, I'm over at the Scabby Rooster Twitch channel playing Endymion's Gate, which is a, a very cool sci-fi setting uh, in the Hill Folk system. And yeah, it's at 7 p.m. PST and amazing and so much fun. And on Saturday mornings, uh, your Saturday morning breakfast with uh, both me and Michelle, we are playing uh, Return to the Spider-Verse, a uh, mass game where we are basically creating the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse whole cloth. And it's because super cool and fun. No one wants to wait for that sequel because it was it's, such a good movie. It takes too it long so and we're good. just doing it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Spider-Man movies ever. By it's far. So um, good. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm making him proud by failing all of my roles. <laughs> <laughs> that feels very miles. If it She's she's the Mac of our of our <laughs> stream. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks oh. ever so. <laughs> it's true. You, you guys know how to flatter a girl. I didn't feel all of my roles. I actually had some good roles today, too. <laughs> We're not your lighting, your makeup, and your hair. We're not flattering. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm Michelle Otis, and you can find me on the socials at Mishulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. And as Abria said, you can find me on Return to the Spider-Verse on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Uh, you can also get my music through Plate Mail Games on DriveThruRPG or through BattleBards. And I am Wes Otis. You can find the podcast at 12 Sided Stories, the number 12 Sided Stories, or at, we're also on Instagram, though I don't get enough pictures to put up there often, but I try. We, When the apocalypse is over, we're going to all get together and do a, an actual photo shoot so we have some new pictures. Uh, that's the goal. And if you want to help out the podcast, there's three awesome things you can do. You can either give us a review on your favorite platform can give us a shout out or you can join us on our patreon where we have exclusive content and early access to our shows and as michelle says you can find all the sound effects and music from plate mail games on BattleBards and drive through rpg so many things to try to remember thank you guys so much for joining us and we will talk at you soon bye <laughs>